Welcome to the Six Figure Roadmap, brought to you by LVRG.it. Leverage it, saving you money on the tools, software, and courses you use to grow your business every single day. Now, here's your host, Cam Martinez. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Six Figure Roadmap. I'm here with Jeremy. He's the CEO of Counterweight Creative, a podcast amplification agency that helps health and wellness entrepreneurs become the go-to authority in their space. Today, we're going to talk about a lot of cool stuff, the importance of investing in your systems, why you should be thinking about team culture, even if you don't even have a team yet, even if you don't plan on scaling your business and how to optimize growth in your business and how to cultivate that. So Jeremy, welcome to the show. I'm excited to talk about this stuff with you, man. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to uh, chat with you and, and to share this conversation with everyone who's listening. Yeah, absolutely. So to give, to give you guys a little background of how we uh, first came to know about each other, we're actually in a, in a similar like program slash mastermind slash like training community on how to implement and use systems to kind of take ourselves out of our businesses and spend more time doing things like this, focusing on cultivating culture and really systemizing our companies to function without the day-to-day operations that it may take somebody to kind of fulfill all the needs in their business. So that's that's how we met. We're in the same same group, same program that way. And uh, I was super intrigued by just some of the things that you had shared with the community, one in particular being um, your company culture handbook and other things that you've created. So will you, will you just kind of talk about, you know, how you've gone about thinking about growing your business and what things you've implemented to, that have helped you today? Yeah, I guess for me, I don't know how, how far back the, the culture thing really started with me. I think that's always been something that, uh, I mean, I started out as a freelancer and the first kind of year of, of my business was just me. And I kind of, you know, maybe, maybe it was nine months in or something like that. I hired someone on as a contractor and it didn't really go that well. And, and mainly that was because I just didn't know how to be a boss and like communication was definitely an issue on, you know, I think that's something that everybody will tell you who's ever gone from like running things themselves to being a boss is like, you just need to spell things out in such detail for people that you just don't really think you should have to do. And so that kind of led to, you know, I wasn't clear about expectations with the first couple people I hired and, you know, things just didn't work out. I felt I always had to go back and fix things or just, and I was too friendly about it. I was just like, oh, hey, you know, like, uh, you know, let's try and do this next time or like whatever. And, uh, you know, I'm not a super confrontational person in the first place. And I don't know if it was necessarily a mistake. The first person I hired was something of a friend. We weren't super close, um, but we were you know, friends to some extent, we'd hung out a, a number of times in person. And after I kind of let him go, we, we haven't talked since then. And again, it wasn't a close friendship, but I think that definitely made it a tough situation for my first kind of contractor employee situation. So as I started adding more people to the business, I, I had, I'm a very like, I guess I like to think about philosophy and intention and all this stuff, maybe to a fault sometimes. But, you know, when I when I think of myself as like the type of company that I want to run and the type of boss or leader that I want to be, like there's always been in my mind a, you know, focus on the team first, client second, and kind of this belief that, you know, if, if the team is really gelling and everybody feels supported by each other and by, you know, me and the systems we have in place, like they're going to do better work 
which is going to lead to, you know, better clients and better results and all that. Um, so kind of focusing on kind of like the almost radiating, radiating out from like a strong foundation from the center and, uh, and that kind of will spread out from there. So I think that that was really, you know, had always kind of been in the back of my mind and I didn't always know how to do that. Uh, and I'd done some, you know, reading and, and research on that kind of stuff. But uh, we started working with a company called 15.5, producing their show uh, two years ago or something like that. And they're basically a software company where you can set it up as a manager or company or whatever. And they work with, you know, big enterprise companies down to fairly small agencies and teams. And basically once a week, or well, you can set up however often you want people to, to do this, everybody takes five minutes and fills out what they call a 15-5. And uh, basically it takes five minutes for your team to fill out and 15 minutes for the manager to review kind of. And basically you can, you know, they have a whole question bank of, of things to just kind of get a sense of where people are at. And so you can kind of keep track with people on what they're doing, you know, within your company, but also just how they're doing in their lives. And 15-5 and is a company. Uh, one of the things I've just really loved about working with them is is getting to know their philosophy, which which really aligns with mine and that like, as a company, we have huge potential uh, and an opportunity to, you know, really create a big impact in the people who engage with us in their lives, whether that's, you know, our uh, clients and customers, or, but also our team members who, you know, if, if you have a full-time employee, they probably spend more time at work than most other places in their life. And so, you know, if you can like really support them and help them grow through the work they're doing, uh, you have, you know, such an opportunity to kind of help them, you know, show up bigger and do better things in the rest of their life as well. So since get, getting um, familiar with them and their work and, and editing their podcast and all that, uh, I've just kind of gone even like more into the deep end on the culture side of things and, and getting more and more excited about that and actually finding a lot of, you know, resources and, and tools from uh, some of the, the stuff they recommend. Um, we use their software and then also, you know, following the rabbit trail down of stuff that they've recommended in books and, you know, thought leaders and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of the, the backstory on where that kind of obsession started and, and has gone. Yeah, that's super. I had no idea that 15.5 was one of the uh, companies you helped grow their podcast. That's awesome. What other companies have you worked with like, like that? Uh, similar to them? The, yeah, they're the only software company. Most of ours are, uh, like you mentioned at the start, they're in the health and wellness space. And a lot of, we work with, I would say probably 50% of our clients are doctors of some kind. And usually they're pretty niche. And uh, a lot of them, like I would never have thought to go, at, go after this niche in the start, but it's a lot of like very specific uh, women's health and wellness doctors and, and experts. Uh, and kind of just the way it happened was all, all out of referrals, which has been, you know, the real growth driver for us uh, since the start. And uh, I mean, I love working with them all and they're awesome clients. So I'm not complaining, but it, it, when I was starting out, I did not think like, yeah, women's health, that's, that's what I'm going to go after. I love that. I'm, I'm curious. Um, we've had a couple different podcast agency owners on the show. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with like Daxi. Um, yep. He's like really tight knit with the like ClickFunnels community focuses. Mm -hmm. That's like his niche. Uh, one of the things I haven't asked though, that I'm, I just got the thought from listening to what you were saying is how you go about like running your agency and, and maintaining clients because from my perspective, and this just may be my ignorance to the subject is, you know, once you have a podcast and you've created kind of the philosophy and the goal behind it and the, the topic, and then you launch it, 
it's really just about creating more content after that. How do you like, what's the longevity in the cycle of keeping clients or is it, do you have to constantly keep getting more? What does that look like? And, and how do you build systems around that? Yeah. I mean, it's, there's so many things when I look back at, you know, I kind of stumbled into this business. I uh, went to school for audio engineering and wanted to work in the music industry and uh, you know, then later wanted to get online and, and, uh, create a business where I could, you know, work remotely and all that kind of stuff. So shifted into podcasting and there's so many things I look back on. And I'm like, wow, I just like lucked into this and the kind of the recurring revenue kind of system that is podcast production is one of the biggest things. And we've really had low, low turnover throughout. Like I have, I have a number of clients who've been with me like three, four years now. One of my very first clients, probably the like fourth client I ever had while I was just a solo freelancer uh, is still with us. And I got him off Upwork originally when I first started out. And now, you know, we work to one-on-one together, obviously many years later, but it's uh, that's something that has just been, you know, a, a real kind of something I'm always thankful for and how that works. And it also makes the the whole system side of it work a lot smoother because you know, one of the the challenges we've we're kind of con- continually working towards is just like offer, offering a narrower and narrower kind of suite of services where, you know, a lot of times, especially at the start, like most people starting out, you're going to take whatever work you can get. And so like, well, this client wants like this thing, but none of the other ones do like, oh yeah, we can figure out a way to do that. And now we're kind of like really kind of steadily pruning back and pruning back and being more um, intentional about like, the limited number of packages we offer because we know these work and because we know that we have the systems in place to make them work for our clients. So, I mean, that's been, it, it's getting to a point where almost everybody's on kind of one of two different packages now. And there's still a few outliers here and there have been with us for a while. Um, but really by the end of this year, we're really going to push to have everybody on just like a couple different packages um, that we, you know, have built up all the systems around so that any new client comes in, it's like, we can just, you know, duplicate the Asana project for them and have all the, the onboarding is good to go. The like weekly production is all just like everybody knows exactly what they're doing and there's no new like learning curve whenever we bring someone on. And I mean, I think that that for anyone starting out, you should be doing that anyways, even if you don't have a team, just because I remember like checklists are such a stupid, simple thing. And yet like <laughs> when we're starting out, we like, like to keep everything in our heads for some weird reason. And I started just like putting everything in Asana, even when I had no team, uh, just like monthly reminders of stuff to do, like do my bookkeeping or um, I don't know what else I had, like check in on something or like pay my credit card bills, stuff like that. I just started putting all like life stuff in there too. And all of a sudden I was like, I feel like I can think a lot more clearly because there's always like, what was I supposed to do? There's like something in the back of your mind, then you feel like you've forgotten it. And sometimes it's on a client project and that kind of sucks when you like wake up the following morning past the due due date and you're like, oh shit, I was supposed to send that thing to the client. And you like, no, there's an email waiting for you from them or whatever. And so I, yeah, just getting systems to start like writing stuff down and, you know, Asana or Todoist or like whatever you do um, on pen and paper, even um, the repeatable stuff has just been, once I got started on that, I kind of like went nuts with it and just started putting everything into checklists and, and systematizing stuff. I love that. I'm curious what other, what does your tech stack look like in terms of the things that you use for your agency all the way to what you use to just systemize your day to day? Yeah, really. We, I was using Asana for a lot of stuff. I was always kind of like, 
it didn't quite make sense to me because I was kind of just using it for almost checklist stuff. And I had a couple client projects who operated out of there. And I was like, I like the, I like the interface of Asana, but I don't really see how it's useful. And I like try to make stuff work in it. And it was always just the forgotten, like part of my tech stack that I was like, Oh, maybe I should put this in Asana. And like, Oh, we have a lot of stuff in Trello. So maybe I'll just do it there. Uh, and so we were using Trello for a long time and just over the past month switched kind of everything over from Trello into Asana, both um, client facing and our team production stuff. And now everything just integrates so much better. Um, we used to have a mix of, I mean, Trello for our internal stuff and then just email um, for client kind of notifications and things. But uh, since moving it over everything into one place in Asana, things have been going really smoothly over the past few weeks. Um, then we use Slack for just internal communication. Um, and really, those are the main two things in Google Drive for file sharing. And so that's really like the core of, of where everything happens. Um, I use Dubsado for invoicing and contracts and stuff like that, different forms, uh, data collection from clients. But other than that, like, I think those are the really the main things. It's not super complex. Um, I use ConvertKit for email marketing. And uh, actually, I'm a big fan of Typeform as well. I am like a big survey nerd, I guess. And I've like made my team do so many surveys and clients and all the stuff. People are probably sick of it, but uh, I don't know. I find them really fun. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I love how simple your, your stack is. Cause I think one of the big things that gets in people's way, especially in the beginning is having just a bunch of different things that you're using. And that's the cool thing about systemizing too, is you really just like you dial down what you do need and get rid of what you don't love that. Yeah. And, and I'll just say on that too, like, I, I feel like at the start, I mean, probably most of the people listening here are like getting to that six figure level and, you know, are making that, that transition. Uh, maybe you're, you know, right at around that six figure level. And I feel like in that area, you always feel like, I know I have always felt, I still feel like pressure a lot of times, like you should be using more software and you should be like, there should be more complexity and all this stuff. And it's like cool to see all these uh, different, like uh, if this, then that kind of like trees and stuff like that and funnel breakdowns. And it's like, whoa, that looks awesome. But it's just like, that doesn't, that's at a certain, once you get to a certain level, that makes sense, I think. But for a lot of people, especially in like a basic kind of service provider business, like keep it simple and like focus on the client and your processes and like build a solid foundation and then start slowly adding onto that. And like, there's nothing wrong if you have, you know, one or two pieces of software that you can run everything out of smoothly, then like, great, don't add anything else. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that insight, especially, I mean, like you were saying, when you're around this, benchmark. There's so many, there's just like a ton of information out there. And that's why I want, I mean, we do have experts from similar industries and niches. Um, mm -hmm. but I just love the different perspective around things because, you know, you may have better systems than another podcast agency, but a podcast agency might be, you know, have a better sales system. And I just want yeah. to bring in all aspects because there's just so much that could happen, especially in a service-based business. Um, there's really no one-stop shop, but you can take bits and pieces from this and implement it into whatever you're creating. So I love that. Yeah. Um, of course, I have to bring up, especially during this time, this is actually more relevant than it was going to be if we record this earlier, but you are in, if you can't, <laughs> if you're not seeing this video, guys, he's in a book called 100 Side Hustles. Um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the author's name. Maybe you know him. You know the author. Chris Gillibo. Yeah. 
Chris Gillibo. Uh, you are featured in here. Your story's featured in here about how you went from a landscaper mowing lawns to producing podcasts. And like I said, there, there may not be a more relevant time to kind of talk about that journey and how others can go about doing something similar, especially moving towards an online landscape like podcast producing or just any really, you know, one of these many side hustles that most of them happen to be in the online sphere. So um, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's really interesting because I... I had become, I had done some, my, my whole motivation was around traveling at the start. And I think a lot of people do have that as well, where, you know, they, they want to make the move to online uh, so that they have, you know, more freedom in, you know, a lot of areas in their life, whether that's just working from home versus going into the office or, you know, working your own hours or whatever that is, or actually being able to, you know, travel the world. And so I'd done, I'd take, saved up and taken a year off um, back in 2014 to, to go traveling and after that, I was like, okay, I got to like figure out a way to do this more. At that point, I was entirely unaware that the world of online business existed. And uh, I was actually unaware. I, I knew podcasts existed, but I'd never actually listened to one. So I was actually kind of a latecomer to the podcast scene in a way. I mean, it's, it's really exploding now, but you know, they've been active for 10 years at, by the point I'd found out about them. And uh, I first started off... Uh, that's how I actually discovered podcasts. I was like working my landscaping job and uh, I was, you know, listening to music or audiobooks or whatever. And, and then I was one day, I was like, yeah, you know, I've heard about these podcast things. I should like go home and, and check out what's out there. And so I go home and look up like creative business or something along those lines. And there's just like dozens fill out like the I, iTunes screen. And it's like, Whoa, okay, this is interesting. And uh, so I, you know, de- subscribe to all of them basically. And I know like Pat Flynn's show, there was one, I think the first one I listened to is called Creative Warriors and the host was Jeffrey Shaw. And I haven't listened to it in years and years. I looked him up a few months ago. He's still, still doing stuff, but that was the first one. I should probably send him like a thank you note or something, but just like binged through these podcasts and I got started doing kind of, I wanted to build a photography um, site and offer courses and all that kind of stuff. And kind of, I think I did that for a really focused on that for six months. And then I was listening to a friend of mine's show who just made some offhand comment about his audio editor uh, for the podcast. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like I went to school for like, for audio engineering. I can run like, you know, a full studio session and do, you know, record live bands and everything like editing podcasts is super easy compared to that. And the thought had actually crossed my mind in the past, but I had this hang up around like, Oh, I'm not going to like, that's like a waste of my talents and skills as an audio engineer. Like I'm not going to demean myself. And I was kind of almost embarrassed of what my audio engineer friends would think of me for just like editing podcasts. And it kind of, it wasn't until I heard this friend say that on his show that I was like, wait a minute, like who cares about them? Like I want to be able to do something that I can go travel while, while working with and I can do this, like the, I'll work on the photography stuff, you know, while I'm doing this, but at least I can be, you know, overseas somewhere traveling while I'm working on that. And, um, kind of, I, I started doing that and that took off and, uh, I never really looked back and got back into the, the photography side of things, but, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm really glad for how that worked out. And I, I think the big thing for me is, so many people when they're starting out and this was my whole goal was the, the whole passive income thing. And uh, the, the whole idea around like building information products and all that kind of stuff. And 
you know, I think that's a great goal, but it's so much easier to just offer a service to people. Like if you want to get started running your own business, like find something people need that you can do and offer that to them. And you're still going to be kind of doing the whole time for money thing at the start, but it's all about like getting those, you know, steps working up towards, um, kind of, you know, getting the, the more passive or like, you know, uh, productized services, information products, all that kind of stuff. But if you're looking to, to start your own gig uh, in some way, just go the service route and there's people out there looking for everything. <laughs> and you can probably, if you can't do it already, you can probably learn it in a weekend. So that's my, uh, yeah. my advice around that. Yeah, I love that. That's something that um, I'm constantly trying to push people to do is just go start a service, especially during this time, like whatever you're doing in your day-to-day, in your corporate job, in your um, full-time nine-to-five, like you can pull pieces out of that and start Mm -hmm. implementing that for business owners because just, I mean, business owners get so caught up in what they're good at and oftentimes what's lacking are the things that they need, but aren't focused on that you are really good at. Um, And if you just offer that service to them, you know, you're probably like you were saying, going to have to exchange your time for money at the beginning, but it can become with the proper systems, with the proper, um, I guess, just operations and how you're going about getting clients. You can turn that into a passive income or a full-time agency. Um, so I love that, man. I want to get to know you more a little bit real quick on a, on a personal level. I'm just always curious about people in my community, in my sphere of influence, how they operate. You just said that you were in Scotland and travel is a big thing to you. What else is important to you that you find yourself spending um, your time and money on with the agency you've created? Yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. I feel like there's kind of been a turning point since the start of this year. I don't know what's shifted in my mind, but I feel super uh, productive all of a sudden. Like, I, I think I'd always actually been pretty productive, but it feels like something I, I have like a way easier time, like tuning out the noise, kind of just being like, okay, this needs to get done. And I'm like, not going to procrastinate on it and just do it. So I, I think I've, I, I feel like I'm fitting actually more into my days now, all of a sudden, which I can't really understand why, <laughs> but uh, it's happening. And so I've, uh, part of that has been since the start of this year, I started uh, writing every day and publishing uh, a post on medium every day. And, you know, a lot of people recommend this and I, it had always been something that I wanted to do, but was like, well, I don't have time to like write a whole blog post every day. Cause for me, I, I, a couple of years ago, I I wrote one a week and every post would take me like six hours to complete from start to finish. Once you're talking like getting it formatted on WordPress and creating graphics and like, whatever, I was like, well, okay, there's no way I'm doing that every day. And I think part of it was lowering my expectations of how long the post needed to be or like the quality necessarily. But it was like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, everybody who promotes this strategy says, just do something like write something and publish it. If it's one paragraph, like publish it. If it's, you know, shitty and you're embarrassed of it, publish it anyway, like just do it and go through the process. And I'm not someone to say like prescriptively, everyone should do, you know, any anything that, you know, people talk about like writing every day. But for me, I found that it actually has been something that um, has kind of lived up to the hype. And I've, I've really started enjoying it a lot more, but I've also found that it's really like clarified my thinking kind of, there's like so many things that I think, especially as, you know, people running businesses, you have ideas throughout the day and you just like file them away somewhere in a notepad. And so 
for one, it started actually conditioning me to actually make note of those ideas more and just like creating a ever growing document of like, Oh, here's, I had this funny thought, like I should explore that more sometime. And then setting aside even just an hour, half an hour in the morning to be like, okay, I'm just going to actually write like 300 words about it or whatever. Like going to go back to that one little like phrase or something that crossed my mind and just like, okay, I'm just going to spend half an hour actually exploring it and thinking about it. And sometimes it's like something stupid. That's like, okay, well I like thought about that a little bit and it's whatever it's worthless. And sometimes it's like, Oh, actually, you know, I kind of got a little bit of a foundation here. I really want to spend more time thinking about this and maybe I'll go back and write more about it. Or um, sometimes it's even been like product ideas and stuff like that um, or ways to improve the agency. So uh, for me, writing's actually become something that's been yeah, one of my favorite parts of the day. I do it first thing every morning when I wake up and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. That's something that has become a very core part of my life kind of in the past few months or so. Aside from that, I love the outdoors. I, uh, we're actually really lucky with where we are here in Edinburgh. There's this, uh, I don't know if it's extinct or not. It's basically a volcano that's like four blocks from our house, kind of pretty small volcano, but there's this like beautiful ridge that overlooks the city and, uh, the weather's been pretty good here. So I've been going out every day and just doing the hour hike along this ridge kind of, and, uh, I'll listen to podcasts, but a lot of times I'll just, you know, walk and I feel like I've, made more of a effort to unplug, especially kind of where we are right now with this whole coronavirus situation. I just was feeling like stress and like building up kind of throughout the week, always just with, you know, reading the news and whatever. And and that was really when it was like really taking off at the start. And it was like, well, how bad is this going to get? And so I started unplugging more and, and just like getting out into nature and by myself. And uh, that's something that I kind of rediscovered, like how much I need that in my life. And I feel like doing that, um, giving myself space to like think. And, and that kind of ties into the writing too, is just like leaving space in your life to come up with ideas. I think for so many years, the first three, three years of my business, it was just like, there was always so much to do. I had to be like doing, doing, doing every second of the day. And there was no room to actually have new ideas. And, uh, it was very kind of reactive. And I think it's, it's really important to make at least a little bit of space where you can find it to just unplug and, that's where the, uh, the really good ideas actually come from. Love that, man. I actually had the same realization about writing. Mm. Uh, I just have, I mean, there's an ongoing, I use workflowy. So it's, it's just like oh, an yeah. ongoing, like tons yeah, so of different bullet points. Yeah. Just a ton of stuff in there. Um, but the same, I had the same thought about writing, about getting thoughts out of my head, putting it down on paper. I haven't gotten as far as like documenting everything. I love that yep. idea. Um, but yeah, no, that's fantastic. Especially nature too. I'm here in Colorado. So it's like, we, we have tons of, of ways to get outside. So that's awesome, yeah. man. I love it. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for your wisdom and, and all the things that you've shared with the audience today. How do they become more part of your community, find out more about what you offer in your agency and just become a part of your world? Yeah. I mean, I'm active on most of the the social media places. Uh, I write on Medium, like I mentioned as well. I'll set up a uh, a landing page where people can go find links to all that stuff. And that'll just be uh, counterweightcreative.co slash LVRG dash podcast. So people can go there and, um, and obviously that link will be in the show notes, I'm assuming. And you can find out all the stuff that uh, that I'm up to over there. Beautiful guys. I will put that stuff in the show notes for sure. You'll probably be able to just link directly to it from the episode itself. Um, Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, this has been fun. Thanks so much for having me.
Absolutely. Enjoy your time in Scotland. Be safe, stay healthy. I will do that. You as well. Cheers, everyone. You've been listening to the Six Figure Roadmap. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review. To learn more about our membership, visit us online at www.lvrg.it. 